Okay, I I number one, I need to stop smacking the table when I talk. Really do. Because it does make the microphones reverberate. Number mm-hmm. two, welcome to TF. It's time. It's time for TF now. Yeah. You know what else you were listening to before? Put it away. Put it down. Open your ears and listen to this shit. If you're still listening to what you were listening to. If you're doing a sort of DJ mix, fading one podcast into another. Isn't that sort of what the Daily Brexit cast guy was doing? It was like weird British invasion style music mixed with him just yelling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of sound, but podcasts. Horrifying. <laughs> I was doing like sub jam, but for podcasts. <laughs> I've been thinking <laughs> about- Shouts to my man, Andrew. <laughs> Big up. <laughs> I've been thinking about the Daily Brexit since- we did the episode since before we did the episode with Tom Cavassi and I found it just that guy the guy's energy was so incredibly manic it was great yeah but it was just like the music was basically weird jazz fusion and then like an angry guy like he he had spent enough money to know how to mix and use like an impeller or whatever to like mix between his voice and the music but he hadn't spent enough money to like get a microphone that wouldn't blow out when he screamed into it like he was wearing like a gaming headset yeah 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 it's great I think gaming headsets would be really prepared for people screaming into them (laughs) well no see those Headsets are designed that they might clip, but they'll never clip when you use a swear. You're gonna say a slur. I was gonna say this. Yeah. You weren't gonna say a slur. You're gonna say the word a slur. A slur. But I, yeah, <laughs> just you, you, know you fucked up. You went. Um, it, it, I've a got game that, of I, a slurs. I've got that dang bank holiday you, brain. You know, you, got, just, you, ha- you mm-hmm. have American Midwest. We're like, oh, when you say a swear. Oh damn it! Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then you, you crack open a pop. You know, to punish yourself <laughs> for it. Uh, Actually, on the subject of on the subject uh-huh. of weird energy, I realized how broken my brain was this morning. Just now. Just this morning. Yeah. Well, no, I just realized the extent of it this morning. Fine. Because my girlfriend, who's a family barrister. Uh, took a work phone call and she was like well it seems like the client doesn't even understand family court and then I just realized I couldn't hear the phrase family court without like <laughs> pissing myself laughing <laughs> I have a family law final tomorrow morning so I am in hell with you believe so me wicked. Alice if you have a family law final tomorrow morning you mm-hmm. know you really just have to bone up by reading all of the opinion writing in the express and yes, the sun and stuff absolutely exactly. that, that's the main source of it is due to absolutely furious about alimony yeah. <laughs> and another thing, those Extinction Rebellion brats are stopping me from seeing my kids, which I, by the way, due to my ex-wife, I only get to see once a month. I mean, look, we're fighting it, but still, I mean, if they come in, if, if, if they get all their own money, they'll never have to see me again. No, it's horrible. Shut it all down. Nuke Britain, because my wife, uh, my wife cheated on me, of course, with my associate, Kevin. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm just going to cut in some weird jazz music into that <laughs> and maybe see if I can add in like a clipping effect yeah. to just get the energy right. Yeah, it's the daily yeah. Brexit. It's it's a weird horseshoe theory between family court guys and Maoist third worldists. <laughs> they both think, well, the West is totally fucked. And the dudes who decadent. lost their parental rights become full posadists. They're just yes. like, hell no, the dolphins are going to lead us to victory when we nuke the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All Chairman Mao really wanted was to just file a freedom of information request with his ex wife to find out if she still loved him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, there are columnists who would do that. So, so, yeah. so, folks. 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 Tony Blair is at it again. Haven't we Damn. taught you this lesson enough times already, old man? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Tony Tony Blair was cursed by that witch to just keep doing it every time. Every year he just comes back and does it again, baby. So, um, the and I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this exactly right because it's it's great. The Tony Blair Institute for Global Change and kids who mm. can't read good. <laughs> yeah, this is a, the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. I mean, the guy's changed a lot about the globe. He's changed <laughs> a lot of Iraqis from being alive into being dead. He's changed a lot of countries from being countries into being anarchy. And he's changed Britain from being at least minimally prosperous to to being this sort of hollowed hollowed out um, reactionary wreck we live with today. Yeah, change the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. And perhaps his greatest crime, he employs Yasha Monk for some reason at his institute. Oh man, I mean, no, we I don't, don't know. know to be fair, we don't. He and Bill Clinton have the same like zombie look. We don't know what their greatest crime was. I that think some, true. it's, it's got to do... be something to do with eating pineal glands or something, hasn't <laughs> it? <laughs> oh no! This is what happens when you have too much adrenochrome. <laughs> like the man is de- like, look. All I'm saying is the man spent a lot of time in international waters, and he looks like weirdly immortal, but like like he did a deal with the devil. Mm. 
Look, anyway, one of the worst trade deals in <laughs> the history of maybe ever. It's, it's PFI, but where the devil gets to take control of your body. It's contracted out to the devil, and he has like a call center or something that he's open to like shuffle the costs of it, so it's investment. <laughs> Somewhere there's like a portrait of Tony Blair in an attic that's slowly turning into Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know why that's funny, to, to be, be honest. To, to be fair, Just Tony, growing the moustache. <laughs> the beret. Well, I, mean, I, I feel like a better comparison might be to Augusto Pinochet, because even after he left power, he constantly threatened that he might come back if people didn't behave. And that's basically what Tony Blair does all day long. Oh, my God. Also both friends with Margaret Thatcher. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think that really what would have happened is that um, Tony, is Tony Blair is a lot like Dr. Faustus. It's just he made a deal with the devil to run Britain's hospitals and primary schools. Mm. Well, yeah, he's at it again. Wait, the devil is Richard Branson. <laughs> look, <laughs> wait, the look. devil has also been privatized. <laughs> Welcome to Virgin Hell. You're just in hell, and you're thinking this runs a lot less efficiently than I was expecting. <laughs> it's like regular hell, but there are large queues. But you get a free hot cross bun, <laughs> which is so, ironic when you think about it. <laughs> yes, the hot things aren't really what you expected on the no, menu. Not at mm. all. So. Tony Blair and his and his Institute for Global Tony Blair and his terrible Institute for Global Change has published yet another sort of widely reviled and sort of bird-brained report um, entitled "The Glue That Binds: Integration a in a Time of Populism." Hmm, love to be again. It's a Troy glue video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, number one. Okay, glue adheres; it doesn't bind. Well, chemically, well, no, does it? I mean, it kind of does. It's a but bad I, metaphor. It, I feel it like though, that's not where I'd go first in critiquing that metaphor. Like, well, I don't know, does glue, can glue really be said to bind? More like, why are you using glue? Who's gluing people together? Why, why are we <laughs> that, that, doing that's this? That's the ideal society, is a society that's all glued together. And obviously those things that are like mm. that function perfectly well. Yeah. What it actually sounds like is, Hi, I'm Bam Margera, and this is the glue that binds. I've glued my ass to Wee Man's head. Oh, we should get a Bam Margera cameo. You can just pay him very little yeah, money. Well, he went... I mean, look, this is, this is, a, little, this is a little bit of a, of, 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 a, of a peek into the research. He did go crazy for a while. I don't know if he's un-gone crazy. Mm. Mm. Apparently, I don't know, on Come Down, they said he was fine again. <laughs> like that's my main source for all things Bamberger. Exactly. Like I, my my gauge of whether or not somebody is in their best mental health is whether or not their come town performance is, mm. is 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 tolerable. You know, if it seems yeah. well together. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's exactly. it's that thing where Chapo Trap House is like Al Jazeera English, and then Come Town is like Al Jazeera Arabic. So, like on the on the one hand, it's quite polished, and then the other hand, it's just a bunch of guys saying slurs. Yeah. yeah. Come Town is memory TV. <laughs> so, look, if you're Bamberger. Please call. Secondly, <laughs> um, I, I feel like really what this is, is is the glue that binds is Tony Blair's idea. And that's the thing. That's not really like, like this is an exaggeration, of course, but like it's sort of in the same league as what he's proposing in the report, which is like he's like, look, we're going to solve the problem of like racism in Britain mm -hmm. by gluing Tommy Robinson to a Muslim person. <laughs> Whoa, they're going to make them do like a three-legged egg and spoon race until they learn to get along. <laughs> the, most, the most British way of solving this issue ever. Uh, it's close, but did you see that last year Channel 4 had a white racist woman in blackface and hijab to like go undercover and learn not to be racist? <laughs> that was like that, that was, was like a real compromise. Thing, I it's like you can wear blackface, but you have to wear it. <laughs> yeah. You have to wear it a cop so no you, one knows. You have, you have to wear blackface, but it's for you get to wear blackface, but it's for uh, an anti-racist reason. They put the gollywogs back on the jam, but the jam is halal. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's what Blair has written in the introduction to his report. This is Blair himself. Now, here's the great here's the thing. Boy. This is like this is this takes a long report. It's quite meaty. It's probably like sixty or so pages of A4. Tony Blair has contributed a grand total of four paragraphs to it. Amazing. So the, the guys are like, you got to respect the grift, if nothing else. To be fair, he's learned a lot about what happens when he contributes a little bit too much creativity to documents. <laughs> <laughs> so Blair writes, over a significant period of time, including when we were last in government, politics has failed the to find- The royal fucking we. <laughs> Politics has failed to find the right balance between diversity and integration. 
on the one hand, failures around integration have led to attacks on diversity and are partly responsible for a reaction against migration. I hate an attack on diversity. Yeah. 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 I, hate, yeah. I, I, I hate it when diversity just gets attacked by this inchoate foe that no one can put their finger on. Oh, yeah. This is, in fact, honestly, like this is the first and last thing wrong with this report, which is that Tony Blair, the whole thing is like, look, when Tommy Robinson says, we're only marching against Muslims because they refuse to integrate. There's nothing else we're doing here. Tony Blair's like, okay, so they're marching against Muslims because they refuse to integrate. He's just taking Tommy Robinson at face value. Like, Tommy Robinson might as well have been the only source consulted for this report. It's mind-blowingly stupid. Mm. Well, Wonderful. I mean, the good, new- the good news is, uh, every time Tony Blair opens his mouth, it's just this cataclysmic eruption of people screaming Iraq at him, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. I mean, if he only did four paragraphs on this, maybe those will get fewer and fewer mm. and he'll stop writing dumb Guardian op-eds. Yeah. So, so the, no. He's, he's going to be doing this forever. He's not going to die. He's going to be like Kissinger. He's going to be 130-something and we're going to be like all huddling behind one seawall to survive and he'll have put out a new report and when he should be fucking in the same place as Ratko Mladic. It's wonderful. He's going to use the CubeSats. Yeah. He's going to use the Russian CubeSats to like write his new uh, Guardian column. Um, <laughs> perhaps the sewer mutants are right about about you pure skins. It's it's, it's it's Ozymandias, but the the epitaph is just those four paragraphs and just kind of trails <laughs> off. Yeah. Also, we should clarify when we say that Tony Blair should be in the same place as Ratko Mladic. What we mean is ruling the glorious empire of Greater <laughs> Serbia <laughs> from his throne in the Hague. Dramatically <laughs> 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 dodge shot in the in the dock everyone staring at him he stares back well that was just racket <laughs> over a significant get turned to my war crimes tribunal why not <laughs> getting pre-drunk for my war drives tribunal very cool i mean exactly. what is a war crimes tribunal but one really big family court <laughs> <laughs> dang damn Okay, when there is increasing evidence of far-right bigotry on the rise, it is important to establish the correct social contracts around the rights and duties of citizens, including those who migrated to this country. Having set your house on fire, I'm concerned that you're not being very responsible in managing your household. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, very much uh, Tommy Robinson has a point. So, in this report, and here's where he both sides it. This oh, is, I love it when cool. both sides. Mm. In this report, we make it clear that there is a duty to integrate, to accept the rules, laws, and norms of our society that all British people hold in common and share, while at the same time preserving the right to practice diversity, which is fully consistent with such a duty. The right the- to practice diversity. Oh, I love to go down to the <laughs> diversity church and be really diverse for a couple uh, the, of hours. Um, the rules and values that all British people share, is that's interesting too. What do you suppose those are to Tony Blair? Oh, hmm. Because John think- Major at least had, like, uh, old ladies cycling past the village green, but I'm not sure what the new Labour sort of unifying vision is. Also, John Major was was famously horny, and I could never imagine Tony Blair being horny in his life. Like, no. he's, he's sublimated that into something else, and it involves yes, uh, hedge, fund, hedge fund dollars and invading third world countries. And I don't yeah. know what it is, but it doesn't involve sex. Whereas with John yeah. Major, at least you knew what you were getting. Yeah. Weirdly, you know what I this think- is? The, the unifying vision is that everyone will be able to own a small business which sells uh, false bomb detectors that don't work to the Iraqi military <laughs> and police. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Weirdly, I think probably the opinion that most unifies as many people in the British populace as possible is that they all hate tony blair (laughs) (laughs) whatever your political persuasion just yeah so without the right to for example practice one's faith diversity would have no content but without the duty to integrate culture or faith and he puts quotes around those can be used as a way of upsetting that basic social contract that binds us all together so what he's clearly saying is the Muslims are too Muslim. Stop being so Muslim. Also, I, 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 I'm, I'm weirded out by the idea of practicing diversity because diversity really, when you get down to it, is, is trying to make the point that people belong regardless of whether or not they look like the majority or they have the majority religion or whatever. Like diversity being the idea that like in, in, the, in political parlance that we're, that everyone is equal, even if 
it, maybe big phrase is like it's sort of like disarming a nativist argument. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And so but the idea that you practice diversity as if somebody's like, hmm, you know what? I feel like being diversity as opposed to the idea that no, it's you're what you're really doing is you're granting these people the right to live and yep. the right to be in a country and the right to be citizens and to, to have the same rights, which the British government has already shown it really doesn't give a fuck about. And it, it, every every migrant, every descendant of immigrants, anybody who's not a white English person, their citizenship is contingent. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that, that's the that. we though. Is the 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 Blairite idea is that it's always going to be people like him and his like cro- cronies and wonks and spads and stuff who will like bestow diversity upon us. Yeah, and and to them the idea of diversity is ah, I'm going down to the Bangladeshi food festival. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they love they love they love the food that immigrants bring, but they're absolutely. They're not particularly bothered when people who look like them say we should put them on a boat back to Pakistan or whatever the fuck they say. Yes. Yeah. But, the, but that is the practicing diversity is the going down to the food market and complimenting yeah. the curry or whatever. And not yeah. being mad that there's a Bangladeshi restaurant, which is the norm. That's, yeah. that's, that's normal Britain. And then diverse Britain is you still want to deport everyone, but the food is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, practicing diversity makes perfect diversity. So the, realistically, we could read this entire report as a manifesto entitled but I can't be racist. I like curry. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I also think something that, uh, that that you pointed out earlier. We talked about this. That this this treats the the right wing argument as though it's completely good faith. Yeah. As mm-hmm. though it's based on a legitimate grievance, and that once it's solved, that grievance goes away because it's like it's like f- you know fixing a broken water main as opposed to this insane epistemology that basically pits one group in a in an endless war against the mm. other. Well, I'll, I'll, this is a, kind of a way Quebec sort of does this, where and they they do the good faith version of this in Quebec, which is that they are really intent on preserving the French language in Quebec because if they didn't proactively do it, then it would get overwhelmed by just the fact that Canada is an overwhelmingly Anglo country, and so there are specific rules around what so- what language signs have to be in, what language government documents have to be in, etc. Because they're like, look, if we didn't proactively preserve Quebec- Quebecois French, it would be gone. If the, so if the bus this- driver doesn't say, oh, you, you can't wear this hijab on this bus in French, then really yeah. civilization is lost. <laughs> and so exactly. what's happening is that the, there's like, you know, Tony Blair and his like and his genius spads or whoever works for him now are basically thinking that Tommy Robinson is making that same argument. I like, ah, well, you know, if we don't make sure that diversity isn't handled correctly, then they'll make it illegal to speak English in England. And if you speak English, they'll lock you up and throw you in jail. These Wait, days. but they do that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do I, it, they do it these know. days. <laughs> I did wonder, though, that um, whether or not Tony Blair is actually that stupid, because I know that when he was still like d- allowed to do proper politics, when he was doing legitimate concerns about immigration, You'd either have to be very, very stupid to think, oh, people actually do have legitimate concerns, instead of just doing the sort of uh, George Wallace thing of being like, well, I'm going to say that and use it as a dog whistle. And I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know which one it is. Something that I'm also wondering too, and Riley, and this might, we might cut this, but I just ask as an aside, is something that always gets pinned on um, whenever there's a discussion about labor and about Brexit and about EU migrants is there seems to be this narrative that's sort of kicked out there by the Andrew Mars of the world and everyone to his right um, that labor just like opened up the firehouse and said, immigrants from the EU come live here. Oh, well, Britain is, like, Britain is the only country. Like, we're not going <laughs> to compare ourselves yeah. to anywhere else in Europe. Well, look, all yeah, other there, countries are fake. There yeah. were particularly high rates of, of EU migration for like a short time. Um, then they they basically equaled out to normal. Part of the reason of that was like, there's just a very large economy with it's a, a large high wage economy with that had sort of higher paying jobs than many of the other places. And English is a standard second language yeah. to learn. Like a lot of people speak a bit of it. It's quite reasonable. And it and used this, to be quite a nice place to live. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. And if you get paid in pounds, that goes pretty far. Yeah. And the thing and the thing is, and we'll actually get to this, is that the problem is, is that we had a period of high immigration that was paired with a period of austerity. 
that under new labor and then new labor was basically able to do a, a cup and ball trick where they were able to well early early austerity the early austerity yeah, i was gonna say because yeah. i mean like mm-hmm. the, the the real shit kind of happened once yeah. the tories and it the happened when the tories went. came in but like the ball on on the private on privatization of targeting of refu- of funding public services in terms of funding quangos to make them more efficient rather than just funding them was started under new labor and also the idea i think they ceded ground to was the idea that yeah. like the economy collapsed because labor spent too much damn money on social so care. what happened yeah. was was that when this period of higher immigration from Eastern Europe was starting is that politicians who are committed to the idea of not spending, investing anything in civil society were able to play a cup and ball game where they were able to say, no, it's actually the immigrants. It's we, we need to, the immigrants are making, are, are making it so that your kid can't get in school, not the fact that we're system, systematically underfunding all the public services. Mm-hmm. We will get to that. So mm. um, there are five key findings uh, that are so five broad trends that are hampering integration efforts across the West, according to the Blair Institute for Global <laughs> Change. Is one just... of them the Blair Institute for Global Change? <laughs> I mean, damn, it... I hope none of them are all the endless forever wars in the Middle East. That would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure the numbers. Yeah, I'm sure it won't turn out to be one don't, of those. Don't worry. Those, and I emphasize this, I, I'm saying this in boldface. Don't worry. Those never come up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing. Immigrate. Im- the, the fact that there are massively disrupted uh, nations around the world that Tony Blair and his like uni friends have spent the last several decades disrupting doesn't come up. It's just it's yeah, just treated they were as trying given. to make them more efficient through yeah, disruption. That's not politics. That's just facts. And you're not yeah. against facts. Yeah. Come on. Did I you learn know. nothing from the independent group? That's yeah, true. And that, there's all these like weird things that we never fully got to the bottom of. Like why like two million people in Syria just one day randomly decided they all wanted to move to Germany. Like no one's really sure. Like you know. Oh, uh, it, it's because Germany had a tech hub. Oh, that'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, because of the famously. It was, it was because of the, of the famously welcoming German environment, uh, their <laughs> great food, and their really friendly people. Okay. It's, it's because Muslims one, really, really like beer. And so, number one, <laughs> you're being sarcastic, but Germany fucking rules. Well, Germany rules, but German people are icy <laughs> as shit. Their yeah. bureaucracy is insane. And also, like, if you are in Berlin, it can be a very, very drab place to live. Spli- can, you, can, you just, can you splice in a song here? Oh, Jesus Christ. 99 Luft balloons, maybe? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I want you to splice in. Um, P8 by Zadig. Okay, you just sent me we're the not, link. We're not playing any techno on this podcast, <laughs> oh, we I'm will. sorry. <laughs> okay, so, how, I mean, how is techno in any way evocative? It doesn't have lyrics. Just do, I'm I was going to so say, you, send the Riley, Riley thinks that Germany is all techno, when in truth, Germany is basically people listening to Schlager, which I don't know if you know what Schlager is. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's fucking bad. And its songs go on forever, and they love that shit. Five broad trends that are hampering integration efforts across the West. Let's see if we can spot the ones that are missing. Okay. Number one. Anxiety in host communities is being driven by the rapid pace of change. Uh, it's being driven by something, but I'm not <laughs> sure it's the rapid pace of change. No, by the right wing press. No, no that couldn't no, be. It can't right. be them. Couldn't be that. No, it couldn't be a giant thing that says breaking point. No, it couldn't be that. Nah. because what that's doing, they're they're the press. They're reporting on what's already there. Exactly. Mm. So it, they couldn't be influencing it anyway. No. No. So if, if, if Rupert Murdoch was a bad guy, would Tony Blair have had lunch with him so many times? No. No, obviously. No, definitely not. So, number two. If he was a bad guy, would he look like a giant testicle wearing a wig? <laughs> also, no. Would a bad guy look so evil? No, of course. He'd try to look good. Truly, the Michael Jackson of journalism. <laughs> number two. Number two. Fear of segregated communities. Um, um, no, I don't think. Mm. Mm. So in those like 99.9% white communities in like Gloucestershire or whatever, is there a fear of segregation there that necessitates moving people out of Tower Hamlets? Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, you must be mistaken. No, a segregated community oh, is like I Rotherham see. or yeah. Tower Hamlets. <laughs> Or certain bits of Bur- like Edge Hill and Birmingham, those I, are segregated communities. Right. Windsor and Eton is not a segregated community. It just happens mm. to be white because it's where the successful people go. And well, it just so happens that white people are more successful. And there's no history behind that. Yeah, that's just perfectly seems perfectly natural to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. No, so segregated communities are non-white ones, and then white communities are successful communities. And our goal as new labor is to make the segregated communities into successful communities. <laughs> this is very Matt Hancock, actually. This has like a, uh, there should be an app involved kind of vibe to it. <laughs> this, also, this also reminds me of a lot of the, the kind of discourse that goes on in the US that happened right after Trump with regard to like everyone needs to, the liberals are just in their bubbles and get out of their liberal bubble. And it's like somehow you never tell the, like, the people who run into church on fucking Christmas Eve and scream about people. Pizzagate and QAnon, they need to get out of their liberal bubbles. It's everybody else. It's like if you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, well, it's the it's the other natural assumption about uh, it's the other assumption about who the natural citizens of a country are. Well, exactly. Uh, I think so you do get believe- some you do get some tanky points for calling QAnon a liberal bubble, though. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so get out, get out of your liberal bubble, but don't get out of your jet ski dealership bubble, which is basically what Trump voters live in. Well, it's because there is this belief and there's the belief in this report, which is that Windsor and Eaton or like Highgate or whatever. These are the natural communities of Britain. Mm-hmm. These are the natural and, and Tower Hamlets before it became like primarily Bangladeshi. That was a natural community of Britain. Yeah, well, just if, like, if you just entrepreneured hard enough, you could move to these places. <laughs> but just like just like in like every time there is a, a sort of soft focused New York Times portrait of a fascist, they're like we went to real America because they somehow believe that by leaving you know um, fascismburg, Illinois that they have left real America and they have this guilt over like abandoning their family, leaving them behind and becoming diversity. It was named after the famed pioneer Edwin fascism. (laughs) Um, It's worse when they don't have that guilt. Like they write books like Hillbilly Elegy about how to fix (laughs) racism, Berg. Yeah. I also love with like the, the getting out of your liberal bubble thing. They basically like concede all of the ground to the libs where they're like, well, like, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys are right. And like, obviously, like you're the reasonable people who would be capable of getting out of your bubble because all of these insane people who believe things that we all know to be wrong are incapable of getting out of their bubble. But that's why we need to appease them. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't just oppose them and stop them from doing what they want. No, that's impossible. We who know we're right, but are reasonable have to go, well, let's find a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> this also comes back to the same problem that you notice with with the whole Trump phenomenon that Trump won because of technicality and because of the very undemocratic uh, electoral system in the United States. But we're made to think that like, I remember reading, I think I want to say it was in, it was, might have been in, in, in the Wall Street Journal or The Economist, but someone literally, Shocking. someone literally after Trump, like the week after Trump won was like, they're just focusing too much on boutique sexualities as if people, <laughs> as if people literally they said that. They said boutique sexualities as if people were like, you know Damn. what? I'm going to go down to High Street. I'm going to fucking pick a gender. Like, but I you know, that to... kind of shit. It's the same thing. This idea that it, it's it, that they're fixated on uh, that that liberal li- liberals did too much tolerance, and now you know the natural state of things is a pendulum swing towards fascism. Yeah, you, you walk into a little a little shop with all like red curtains and stuff, and everything's behind the counter, and a man called Francois says, "Oh, we keep the special pronouns in the back." <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't bother just waiting for the end of the season and just going to an outlet for your sexuality. <laughs> TK Maxx. No, you can get a gender. I know, on- these, I know these tits don't fit very well, but I got them at TK Maxx. You can get a gender on layaway. Um, okay, here's the third thing that he believes is a trend that are hampering integration oh, efforts Jesus, across we're the West. Up to three? This yeah, might kill we- me. This might literally <laughs> like, finish me. You've already had rent to own your gender. <laughs> yeah. Competition for scarce resources. Um, Couldn't okay. understand why they're scarce. No, yeah, exactly. well, we're just we're just doing the resource wars from Fallout now. Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Looking forward just- to that problem only getting worse. Yeah, no, it's we like, don't look, use the word war in a Tony Blair document. That never comes up. <laughs> well, it's that we need to. It's like, look, we have to run all the councils like a business, which means mm. we need to fire all, most of the teachers and try to have every student in like one gymnasium getting lectured to by a Jordan Peterson YouTube video. Yeah. And the, real the gymnasium is being leased back from a private company <laughs> that we sold it to at a loss for some reason. Anyway, that's why your kids, your kids can't get into school because of immigrants. The council has sold off all of its schools, but actually it's the family that's moved in next door from like Bangladesh or Poland or whatever. They're why your kids can't get into school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really well, good. The, the, the bad faith argument, it always comes back to scarcity is this thing that exists um, like the, the, there's perfect entropy in society and like there's zero way that you can change the like the, the amount of resources available because like that's just all there is and it's like 
<laughs> never mind. Never mind those islands in the Caribbean with banks. Okay, that has nothing to do with it. That's no. completely <laughs> the, out of the those picture. Are, those are naturally occurring banks. They're volcanic. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Like the civilization that owns those banks just got gifted them because of the fucking the way that Civilization Six is played. Okay. <laughs> like sometimes you start your civilization with fucking uranium, and sometimes you start with banks yeah. in the Cayman Islands. So, Dan, we're gonna hit the last two really quick. We're gonna do both at once. Mm-hmm. Fears over non-shared values and fears about crime. Oh, can Let's I just fucking stand. go. Yes. My rap album fears about crime. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's it's you know because they're this is again this, this might as well have been like someone who wrote the Rotherham grooming gang all Pakistani. Won't someone say the word Pakistani? It's like this guy might as well have written this report, well, but put I, it into very fancy Oxbridge language. Mm. I'm more worried about getting glassed in the face by somebody who looks like Phil Campion than I am about anybody <laughs> from the Middle East. Or, well, or, Glasgow's or South definitely Asia. like that, and that it's full of yeah. insane white people who oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's the thing it's we, isn't glasgow like the place where they have worse knife crime than london but it's all white people yes nobody talks uh, about it, it. it used oh, to yeah. be the murder capital of europe for a couple of years um <laughs> we'll get it back actually there, went damn down it. as immigration went up <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking fucking immigrants <laughs> kicking francis begbie out of his natural home now he can't <laughs> slash people in the, in the pub anymore I, I have to i am obliged to say that begbie is edinburgh i was gonna say it's edinburgh isn't it we're transporting yes. a set yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> he's in spirit a glaswegian um yeah so um, he he said so that's the thing it's like yes crime there's um right wing right right wing white primarily white fascist groups the largest growing driver of criminal behavior in the u.s and uk yeah but they don't have non-shared values because we share our values with them uh, just, we do, just like supporting the England football team, except when they're gay. <laughs> this, what this report shows is that really a lot of liberals are ready to make sure that they do look at what the fascist gangs are saying and then saying, no, we're going to change our values to share them with you. It's just what we're going to do is ask politely. I don't like it when people practice different faiths and have different skin color when they move to the United Kingdom. However, the people that slap that, that that burn down mosques and commit racist acts of violence, it's like those are. I may not share their values, but they are related to me because they're my nephews. So you know, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> can't really bring myself my large to large adult them. nephews. <laughs> so um, I'm going to dive into then sort of what what Blair believe and Blair and Co. Realistically, Blair's ghostwriters <laughs> believe this report. Blair should and do. Co. Purveyors of fine, fine documents <laughs> to justify anything. <laughs> For any occasion. <laughs> um, while progressive integration policies have strong public support, mainstream political parties have found it difficult to proactively drive and sustain progress. They haven't tried. They've been trying for years to do just the opposite. Yeah. He, Ed Miliband literally wrote controls and immigration on, on some stones. <laughs> on a, like, on they, a they big stone. carved it into a goddamn obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to remake 2001 A Space Odyssey, but with the new Labour fucking uh, obelisk thing. <laughs> it's, the, the gorillas just worshipping at the end. Dun, 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 dun. It's in South Thanet. This is the for, gorillas are just the people of South Thanet. Wait, so, 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 the progressive immigration policies have broad support in spite of all of this bullshit that's been foisted on people about legitimate concerns for immigration <laughs> and whatever, it, they still command this huge majority. Shouldn't you fucking take a cue from that, maybe? No, because actually, it's it used to be one person, one vote. Now it's one skinhead street gang, one vote. Ah, I see. Yeah, mm. so they... They, it's, it's first past the post is really weird. We, we had a yeah. joke before we started recording about how, uh, another Civilization Six reference that like having people like Tommy Robinson, they treat it like as a naturally occurring thing that it's just instead of having great people appear in your civilization, it's just terrible people appear. <laughs> and it's like Tommy Robinson appears and instead of like helping you speed up a wonder, he just helps you fucking like start a race riot. <laughs> um, this is said, just a Civ Six podcast now. Um, yeah, this is the Civ. Yeah. I got Civ Six. I've been playing the oh, shit it's so out of it. Good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so Jesus. good. I still haven't worked out the tech tree yet. Um, but you know, I'm, I'll figure it. You'll so get look, there. Yeah. He so he carries on. This is partly because the term integration itself is contested, and partly because of a reluctance by policymakers to engage in difficult conversations at a national level. Uh, New Labour loved having difficult conversations, and it was always exactly as tortured as that implies. <laughs> difficult conversations, like, well, I actually only had a starter, so I don't really, I'm not really sure about it. a lot of the guy, a lot of these Bangladeshi guys. They had uh, <laughs> they had some pretty big mains. The Granita thing is very weird. Oh, no, no, Much no, more no. so than I remember. <laughs> okay, but I also want to dive into um, into this what he says about competition for scarce resources because it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, I've never seen wow, Riley, Riley so like so sexually up. energized by something. I mean, me too. When I when I read Tony anything Tony Blair writes, I just get extremely hot. I get, mm. I, you know, I, I start laughing like a Frenchman. Thank so you. here, okay, so here's what Tony Blair says. Here's what's fun. The recent growth in global movement of people has come hot on the heels of the most severe economic downturn in decades. Again, I wonder why any of those happened. It's like a thing happened and then another thing happened. Yeah. Those things, uh, don't ask about them. Don't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? No, I, I, I was away. The Tony Blair report is like really lazy Adam Curtis. <laughs> It's the opposite of a very strange thing happened. Meanwhile, something unrelated happened, which I'm sure was completely unrelated. <laughs> D Reams things can only get better is playing in the background, but like slightly key distorted. <laughs> so, the recent growth of global movement of people, which happened for no reason, has come hot on the heels of the most severe economic downturns in decade downturn in decades. Again, also, it's very it's very no Trump, reason. isn't it? Like just that, like the recent growth in the global movement of people. Look, oh, yeah. it's been one of the most people moving decades oh, of yeah. all time. People have been saying this. People are moving everywhere. I went to Arizona. People moving there. I've been across the whole country. People moving from place to place to and fro. Look, some of those people are very successful people. <laughs> It's beautiful, folks. <laughs> um, uh, making national citizens, so as opposed to, um, you know, international citizens of cosmopolitans. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Making national citizens. The only real people in the world, of course. Yeah. Wary. Somewhere people, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Mm. David Goodhart might as well. Thank you for David Goodhart for writing the support. What if David Goodhart was Blair? National citizens, soon to be PFI citizens. <laughs> Virgin <laughs> citizens. <laughs> as some countries cope with painfully slow economic recovery, job insecurity, stagnant wages, and youth unemployment, many national citizens see their prospects for upward mobility constrained. Against this backdrop, immigrants are often perceived as a fiscal burden on the receiving society, contributing to the underemployment or wage stagnation of native-born workers uh, the thing is that these people are, they're, not, they're not mad about they're like, they're, it's not like they draw the line and they're like oh I'm really really mad about these fucking immigrants but like the people who were born and raised here like they're cool it's like they see anyone who's not white and Christian as an invader and yes. it's like if you try to argue with that and try to like work your way around that argument you're constantly going to find these weird ideological inconsistencies that because it's not made in good faith it's it, yeah. like they, these people look, when they're like oh Britain's being invaded it's like the way that they add up their numbers and this is not bullshit is they literally use stats that A include everyone who's British born but just isn't white and B they don't include the Irish they don't include people who are both born here born in Ireland and moved here or people or or people who or, or people who who are of Irish like like recent Irish uh, extraction but have lived in Britain like because intentionally that number would be fucked up that their number wouldn't be as scary if it included Irish people. Well, yeah. like and speaking like, of, of non-shared values, right? Like I'm a white Muslim, and it's always very funny to me when somebody tries to explain that their problem is with Islam, not with race, and that's why they're acting as if I'm some kind of traitor to race. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Indeed. strange. It's, very, it's a real head scratchery doodle here. Mm. And I guess yes. that's the thing that just blows my mind about it is that it, the idea that they, they always frame it as immigrants because when they frame it as immigrants, they're basically trying to like uh, uh, approach the argument being made by Tommy Robinson. But Tommy Robinson's problem isn't with immigrants, it's with people who aren't white. Yes. And it's like, and, and, and the only way is if the only way that somebody like as fucking Ponzi as Tony Blair can come, can even come to terms with the argument is like, oh, they must be mad about it. The difference between these immigrants versus native born citizens like that, that doesn't even enter into the argument because no. most people that these guys are complaining about, are the, most of the people that they're mad at, even the, the people, the, the, the very rare cases where there is something where like somebody uh, like a Muslim person who like whose parents are immigrants or whose grandparents are immigrants commits a crime in Britain. Like they always say it's always framed in such a way that like this person is Pakistani or they're Bangladeshi, even if they were born here. Even if their their grandparents were born here. Well, Jimmy Sa Jimmy Savile suggests that there's a real problem with people from Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> I you did see an interesting article once that suggested that Yorkshire was the heart of all darkness in England. <laughs> well, I mean, also too, it just makes me laugh because whenever they're like, "Ah, these 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 damn immigrant grooming gangs," as if the entire history of Britain isn't one big fucking grooming gang. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I'm just living for Nate saying the phrase "fucking Ponzi." That's when you know. <laughs> that's when you know it's getting serious. Well, here's the here's the other thing, hey man, right? Like, this is I I, like, I said way unironically before the start of recording. I know. I exactly. somehow gotten absorbed into this fucking toilet. We're island. still all the thinking bit, about the bins it. in the loot. Nate's calling Tony Blair fucking Ponzi. Let's fucking did go. I use, did I use it correctly though? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yes. Congratulations. Good, good. So here's the here's the other thing. This is a slightly more serious point, which is like. 
if you are te- trying to take the smarter the smarter than you, I'm neutral and floating above all kinds of politics, Tony Blair point of view. I'm on my cloud ship. Then you are always every single time you're going to fall for Tommy Robinson's trick. Yes. Are you because- saying that he's not going to end up practicing diversity? <laughs> what I'm saying is that Tommy Robinson is because Tony Blair and his goons are so concerned with being smart and being neutral and taking all viewpoints into consideration, assuming that the answer must be somewhere in the middle and that we have to look at the data and compromise and that and that reporting on it and writing about it and all of this stuff doesn't also continue to create and change the issue. Well, you, know ref- you know what's funny is that right. this isn't going to be enough either. Like... Because they're wonks, they're kind of tinkering at the margins and massaging numbers to be yeah. like, well, we, we can make uh, we can make our society more cruel and more inhumane to immigrants by like doing like having slightly different requirements here and so on, so on, so on. Um, and they're missing the sort of revolutionary aspect of fascism, which is just going to mm. sort of sweep them all into line with genocide. So yeah. that's fun. It's because it's this thing where if you aren't a dialectician, if you don't have a dialectic view of of, of history and politics and so on, mm. you're going to keep falling into this trap because you keep thinking that revolution is not really possible, that things just evolve slowly based on the patterns of evidence that have come before. And so what they're mm. going to do is they're going to look like, okay, well, when did immigrants make the highest fiscal net positive fiscal contribution to society? And how can we replicate those 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 policies to make that happen again. It because, was the slave trade. Because we actually we have to go back to the slave trade in the name of diversity. Sorry guys, we ran the numbers. Well, because say, you well, got look. to Bristol once. <laughs> I didn't go. I should clarify. I did not go. Because then they'll I say, well, inhale. Tommy Robinson was wasn't sort of making problems back then. In fact, the EDL was embarrassed back in 2013. So we had to do what we were doing then. And what they're not understanding is what they're doing is they're slowly creating the revolution that the EDL and BNP want because they're like, well, if you just give little bits of ground, we give them what they want, they'll go away. It's this and this is why I think that like this is what happens when you study so much and get so smart, your IQ flips back around, you become a moron. <laughs> and you, you get studied the IQ so there. much and got so smart. Again, not that they were ever really smart, they just became yeah. so self-regarding that like that the emperor's new clothes themselves. But also Tommy Robinson has painted a big black dot on the side of a cliff and Tony Blair is just walking away as an accordion. <laughs> I also I also feel like it 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 bears mention to say that your your point that he's floating above everyone I think is really valid in the sense that these people really do think that you can reduce all of the 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 issues behind a Tommy Robinson style figure or an EDL style movement and say well actually uh when you know when 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 x percentage of people see their wages go down whatever then like a fascism occurs but what that doesn't take into the, you generate like, a terrible person exactly is, 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 is that it's like you're exactly you you the society is starting to, to build and build its 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 terrible person points and eventually you're just going to get awarded one but it's more it's more that it seems that they don't see they don't understand the emotional appeal it's that everything about how they break this down wants to be as as logical and lacking in emotion as possible well you know what it is that they've all convinced themselves they're the architect from the matrix (laughs) (laughs) yeah they think well if I've I have spent like my my years at Oxford like turning myself into an automaton with like with like ketamine and tutorials and and just go on convincing professional myself. podcast of Riley. Convi- no, I'm not saying I did that. <laughs> well, for I'm one thing, you a- didn't go to any tutorials. <laughs> I'm saying that these people have done that, um, and that they have turned, and that they're they're thinking now. Well, everyone else just must be this Homo economicus, and we can just keep pulling the levers on them and putting in the inputs, and then they'll apprehend the facts and they'll change their behaviors thusly. Yeah, and another thing, wow, these economicus got to be homo now. <laughs> I mean, but but I do think that, that it completely, maybe the word, is the word misapprehends, it, it, it fails to take into consideration the emotional appeal behind someone who's basically saying, I know there's been an uninterrupted half century of national decline in this country. It's, it's immigrants' fault as opposed to people like Tony Blair yeah, and cause... policies they are espousing and, and the, the weird consensus that exists between the Tories and the, and the Lib- and, and, yeah, and new labor. Cause all nationalism is wounded nationalism. And the, the, 
they're kind of right when they say that, like, oh, that the the mainstream media or whatever is just going to tell you that everything's fine. Mm. Yeah, it basically, uh, Tony Blair, the only, the only like credence or the only like credibility that I'll assign to that argument for when it comes to people like the, the far right is that they're, they are correct when they're saying that the establishment, whether it's the media or government, are telling you to disbelieve your own eyes. Yeah, that's true. They're telling mm. you, hey, everything's fine and things are getting better and the economy grew by point half percent, whatever. They're, thus, things are fine and people can see the shitness all around. Well, them, it's, but it's, it's not it's a society where, where everything's fine, but the worst thing you can be is a racist. They don't absolutely don't want you to be a racist why would that not be an appealing form of rebellion if you just hate everything else that they've led you to believe yeah i think that's that's basically right and the fact is something like the rather than re- resisting that which is the correct and obvious thing to do something like the blair report is basically trying to say okay how can we compromise between the point of view of everything's fine and it's time to get racist yeah it's, they have to get 25 <laughs> percent more racist. It, it, it's that one and, meme with the, i'm gonna give you a hundred dollars to fuck off it's, i'm gonna give you some like tweaks around the edges of like id cards or like databases of all migrants and, uh, if you just shut up here and here's the thing nate this is gonna be i know you have we haven't gone through the notes carefully and because i'm pretty sure you didn't see this because tony blair actually kind of wrote something you said satirically oh no <laughs> i was about to say that tony blair is basically deciding he's gonna be the zordon the face in the screen from power rangers and she, it's time to get racist <laughs> that, that, that's actually what he said case of the reality bending powers we've yet seen Slaps roof of 60 page report You can fit so much racism in this bad boy I mean if Tommy Robinson landed here After 10,000 years in space in a trash can With a cherry on top I wouldn't be surprised While the evidence is clear On immigrants net positive fiscal contribution The economic benefits Are sometimes more complicated and take longer To quantify than the cost Which are often immediate Uh, If only we could quantify these things better. Moreover, the benefits generally accrue to the broader economy through the gross domestic product and tax revenues, whereas the costs are typically borne locally in terms of pressures on local services. Through magic. There's no form of, like, anyone extracting that value. (laughs) Yeah, that is funny. It's like, wow, damn, people have human needs in the communities they live in, but we do appreciate all the fucking money we extract (laughs) from them by by virtue of their work. This number saying how rich I am has gone up. So if you think that's a bad thing, then I, I don't know what to tell yeah, you. It's like my, the number of how rich I am has gone up and the amount of public services per person in your local community has gone down, mostly because we've just taken all the money away. However, on average, we're both richer. Exactly. Yeah. What Between the two of us, we both own 0.5 Lamborghinis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other just thing. a decimalization, yes. Andrew Tate. Moreover, everyone the, gets half a Lamborghini would be a great policy. The benefits generally accrue to the broader economy through gross domestic product. Now, that just means the conversion of stuff into money, which is just what capital does. <laughs> so, the benefits of immig- uh, the 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 monetary, the, the the fiscal benefits of integration, the Blair Report says, accrue to capital. Well, it's, it's weird. If, if yeah. only there was some way of like predicting or explaining how getting turned into money and that money not recirculating within a small community. No, I don't think anyone's ever. I don't think uh, there's a model of keeping no. that there. Well, the problem is, is that Britain built one of the in, in the earlier era that we built a world wonder that's called Banks in the Cayman Islands. Well, actually, the, <laughs> the, the, the first world wonder that we conquered was basically slavery, and as a result, now we have these weird Caribbean offshore banks. You know, nothing. And it just yeah. it's, it kind of changes the calculus. There's no way to stop it. It's just mm. the natural order. Yeah, why did all these Caribbeans come over here only to get deported when they could have stayed there and worked in those excellent banks? <laughs> I also love the, whereas the costs are typically borne locally in terms of pressure on local... Again, just typically, that's just, just that's how it is, you know? It can't be any other way. I, I, I'm struggling to come up with like a sardonic response to this one. The best thing I can think of is like, man, I hate it when I build a sewer system for 100 people and then 150 people move in. And I was like, yep. Can't build any more pipes. Doesn't nope, exist. No, doesn't exist. Basically, in fact, what we're going to do is take away half the sewer system because then, then that you you all get the prize to figure out how to figure out to make this your sewer more uh, efficient. We actually say s- Polish people shit too much. <laughs> we, we accidentally sold the sewer to, to a, Saudi, a Saudi venture capital fund, and they're going to fine you for not getting your toilets clogged often enough. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so what Blair says is 
that the problem is that actually a lot is that politicians on the left, progressives, have gotten too politically correct. In wishing really? to deny oxygen to the extremists, progressives have often gone too far in the opposite direction by refusing to broach the issue altogether. Their silence on these issues have less space for populists on the right to frame the debate in them and us terms. Was that a literal Brandon O'Neill, your silence speaks volumes in there? <laughs> uh, well, like, uh, yeah. Who's, who's leaving space for fascists on the right? Oh, it's not question time by giving them an actual space on the question time panel or whatever, or like the right-wing press. No, it must be people who are refusing no, to like the, debate racism. Party for for yeah. not having controls on immigration on the plinth bigger. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, you know, instead of talking about how, you know, we should make libraries just for white people, Jeremy Corbyn keeps trying to be like, we should stop supporting all these bombing campaigns creating refugees. Well, huh, I mean, interesting. I'm just wondering, okay, when they say, that, how has political correctness gone too far? Like, what what about the so political... That was my precy uh, to what, summarizing what Blair sure, had said. Sure, 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 sure. But what I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that... It, it, I'm, 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 you're quoting from him, right? When you're saying yet in, in yeah, wishing to deny oxygen. Everything from yet in wishing to deny oxygen is a quote. So, all right. I'm just wondering, because to me, as, as, as someone who, who just moved here, it seems like you can't go anywhere in political dialogue in this country without there, it, there being this constant reminder of us versus them in every level. Yeah. And so the idea that like the that that, that they refuse to address the issue, it's like. No, they're, they're, they're creating lots of... They carved it on a fucking stone. Like, <laughs> no, they're all about it. Here, here's, what, here's what I think Blair is really saying, which is that Blair has spent this entire 60-page report basically saying Tommy Robinson has a point. And he's saying that what progressives aren't doing, except like, you know, Paul Embry, is progressives won't... And Paul Embry's not a progressive, obviously. But that no one on the left will say... Tommy Robinson's got a point, and that's what he means. Actually, Stonehenge is a relic of a previous Neolithical civilization, <laughs> which collapsed because their liberal politicians failed to have enough concerns about immigration, and they, and they carved so many stones, but it didn't stop Neolithic caveman Tommy Robinson, who is incidentally exactly the same as modern-day Tommy Robinson, uh, from destroying their society. What's well, the thing? Like, do you think he's going to stop leading anti-Sharia marches if all Muslims across the country, if you could snap your fingers and make every Muslim immigrant in the country snap your fingers, they all speak speak perfect Queen's English. Does Tommy Robinson stop leading marches? No, and I think the idea that that the immigrants should have to be model citizens like above and beyond, that's fucking ridiculous. And and, and for, for for one thing, you know it's weird I, I, I may have told this before, but like you know I lived in Korea for a while when I both when I was in the military and when I got out. And the Korean language is fucking challenging as shit. Like it's not easy for English speakers to learn. And like I could probably spend the rest of my life in that country and I would never speak Korean fluently. And I'm pretty decent at learning languages. And it it gave me this moment I was like, you know what? Like it's fucking hard and people should just not be assholes about this. And the idea that, that, that this is something that's given any space whatsoever in polite discourse, in like, in like center right, centrist liberal discourse, the way that it works in, in like British establishment media, it's insane. Like if people don't speak English, like, I don't know, maybe fucking make it easy for adults to learn English at work. You know, maybe, 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 maybe have free classes for people to learn both, you know, based on their ability that they can access in their community without having to take a bus to like fucking Uxbridge and back when they work in South London. Well, that's like, the, that's the, that, again, that's the interesting thing about this report, which we'll get into quite shortly, is that like this report actually does contain several, it can, look, it contains a lot of dog shit policy proposals, mm -hmm. let's be honest. However, it contains several good ones, but that are ruined by their subclasses. <laughs> but we'll get to those in a moment. There's last sort of paragraph before we get into the into the policy proposals I want to I want to talk about. The evidence suggests that in many countries, anxious reactions to immigration. So that's what a, a fascist street march is. It's an anxious mm. reaction. Yeah, I hate it when you I can see the anxiety coming just off. Anxiously <laughs> seek hiling everywhere. I'm, I'm just yeah, a, yeah. I'm just a small bean who has anxiety. <laughs> it's, it's a nervous tick. <laughs> My mask might have a skull on it, but deep down I'm just thinking, ooh, ooh. <laughs> In, inside I'm an anxious bean. Anxious reactions to immigration tend to be the strongest in regions or localities that have not historically experienced much immigration. Huh, a real head scratcher, where an increase in the pace of immigration upends public preparedness for it. Damn, Where we had one guy called Irish Jim, and then suddenly there was another guy called Irish Dave, and I'm not sure I like this. We had Irish Jim, just him, for 50 years. <laughs> when change is rapid, pressure on local services and differences between culture and social norms can lead to tension, 
and in some cases, hate crime. Um, I love that. I love when differences just naturally lead to hate crime. Yeah. There's no, there's no fascist doing it. It's just poof. No, it just, it just happens because it's, it's a number <laughs> of Which is then something you might say if well, you're I mean, you know, that there's, there's these tectonic plates that move under the <laughs> sorry, 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 that's plate crime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <sighs> Roasted. Riley, Riley gets a gold star for the day. Eruptions of racism magma through the Earth's crust. <laughs> I mean, if you were to argue that the plates underneath Britain have like a, a, a liquid core of racism, I would believe it. Oh, yeah. That was why yeah. Pompeii was destroyed because all those people, like, you know, like Pliny the Elder and what mm, have you, they, they, were, they, were, they were refusing to acknowledge, you know, the importance of concerns about immigration, all these Gauls coming over. And then eventually <laughs> all of the racism just erupted through Mount Vesuvius and um, buried them all under volcanic ash. Well, it's, it's also the reason why the North's industrial base collapsed as we stopped mining the racism out of this country <laughs> so let's let's i mean i'm not gonna do all of them because we don't have time and i want to eat dinner um but here are some of the recommendations of what we can do to avoid a mount vesuvius like racism eruption mm. policymakers should introduce a system of digital identity verification of that would not only make it easier to identify illegal migration but also potentially give greater people access to personal data there so, we go so let's go my, who my, gives a fuck partner, about illegal immigrants my partner right is a i guess like permanently settled immigrant with indefinite leave to remain and therefore has to carry around at all times a biometric residence permit with his like yeah. picture and fingerprints on it my, my wife it, is the same yeah, how is that not an ID card in this sense, or is it no, just it, like the Blairite mania for having mandatory ID cards? I think it, I think it's a holdover of Blairite mania. Maybe this one might get a blockchain element. Ooh, love a blockchain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's like there isn't a lot of ID in this country, but like very few instances ask for it, except for when they pass laws that say like you have to show your passport before you can rent a flat, which mm-hmm. happens now. Also, yep, those regular. laws those laws were also naturally occurring. They yeah. didn't happen again because of like extreme pressure from the right wing press. They just whipping came up straight out of the racism minds. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just came right out. So, number two, develop a differentiated approach to economic migration, including by adopting a human capital points based system to increase the flow of skilled migrants into the country, aka exactly what Nigel Farage said. Yep. Points-based yeah. migration. Love it. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it works in Australia, a country yeah. where everything is fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and all that Australia had to look, do to make that system work was to build a yeah. massive concentration camp on a Pacific <laughs> island. And we've, you know what? Simply, if we can't do that... <laughs> we've simply ranked of all of Dachau. the human beings on like one on a scale of numbers from like worst to best. And if you think that's political or like unobjective, so here here's a third one. And remember, this is what I said earlier, where occasionally he'll like trip over his own dick and like propose a decent policy, but then trip over his own dick again and ruin it. I didn't know Tony Blair's dick was so long, but no, his legs are very short. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> enact domestic labor market reforms through example cool. tougher enforcement of minimum wage laws now cool. tony you could have stopped writing there and that would have been the first good thing that has come out of this mm. report yes we should do that here's the second clause to avoid cheap migrant labor being used to undercut workers wages and conditions <sighs> Damn. i hate i hate it when the only true workers are people born in britain i also hate it when just the conditions get undercut just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. He's so close to a point there. He's like he's like ninety nine percent of the way to realizing that the problem isn't immigrants, it's like capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all, oh, actually they're just like uh, the, the immigrants are like a convenient way of like pushing down wages when you could just regulate and stop that from happening. Yeah. But of course we can't do that because that is a naturally occurring phenomenon and regulation <laughs> is impossible. No one has ever regulated anything. No. It can't be done. I mean can laws you, cannot be passed famously. What you want to just worship an idol that makes you think you can block up this racism volcano? It just can't be done. All right. <laughs> so here here's another another couple, another matched pair. This is on education. Mm. Um, the following is actually probably a pretty good idea combat the shift towards social segregation in schools by reforming admissions policies by uh, abolishing all private schools got it yeah exactly you could you could abolish the most important kind of social segregation in schools if you say turned eaton into a state school that would probably abolish the most important barrier. So what is what is it that he's trying to like uh, secretly undercut here? Oh, he's uh, what, saying what he, yeah, okay. he's saying um, that that schools should match local diversity. So if you've got like a primarily Muslim school that's in a non-primarily Muslim area, you have to stop having a Muslim school. Damn, I hate it when they have to bus Muslims from Tower Hamlets up to Carlisle to make the schools <laughs> fucking equal. <laughs> so that's it. It's like again, the problem 
The, the, the upper class. The question is who would speak worse English? The first generation Muslim migrants or the people of Carlisle? Truly an, an alien versus predator scenario. <laughs> the, only, the only POCs I recognize. People of Carlisle. People Jesus of Carlisle. Christ. Yeah. So that's, it. that's just it. Combat the shift towards social segregation in schools, which means ra- ra- race. Which it's hmm. not referring to social class at all. No, that those are fine. Those are set. That's not a problem. That's those are two different problems, actually, according to Blair, and he's very smart. Mm. Um, and here's the and here's the second one: introduce training programs for teachers on integration and civic nationalism. Well, that doesn't sound Macron it, fascist at all. Isn't this um, what's already happening too? Oh, sorry, like, isn't yes, civic they, national yeah, pre- identity? Prevent is already a thing. Yeah, I was say, um, prevent, but also like the British value shit. Like, aren't they yeah. hammering that like nonstop in state schools? Oh sure, PSHE like, yeah. or wh- whatever it is um, yeah. is like totally about like liberal British values and stuff. And same with immigration, with the life in the UK test is <laughs> very okay. parochial sort of it's life sorry. in the UK you test. Did- it's like how much shame should you feel at any given moment? <laughs> is, it, is, yeah. is it normal to have one, two, or three sausage rules before the big shop? So oh, yeah. two, two more, two more on education, uh, further education ones. Spread the social and economic benefits of universities. How, how would how would how would we like to finish that sentence here? Spread the social know. and economic uh, benefits of with, universities by is it uh, with guaranteed fees? Oxbridge admissions? <laughs> guaranteed Oxbridge admissions. Universal that would be basic Oxbridge. No, 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 none of that. Yeah. We're not eliminating tuitions. What we're doing is building yet another wave of universities in areas that have experienced significant economic decline. But we're not doing anything about tuition fees again, and not, and not funding them or anything, no. right? God, so no, 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 no. You it'll it'll all be like the University of the West of Scotland, which no, even no, not charging fees. Sorry, Alice, you're you're almost there, but you're not quite. It's hmm. not going to be the University of the West of Scotland. It's going to be Capita presents the University of the ah, West of Scotland. I see. <laughs> yeah, as provided by G4S. Um, um, oh, yeah, why what does Britain the private def- prison resemble the private university? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like, then- yeah, it's a, what, yeah, because what Britain desperately needs is more fucking universities, not like yeah. better, not better universities, not cheaper universities, no. not lower yeah. tuition fees, not more funding, no more. No, we just more, need more. more of like Anglia Ruskin and yeah, what, London what Metropolitan University. Those cre- universities that famously give people amazing lives. Is it creates opportunities in the student lending sector? Because then those students can graduate and get jobs giving student loans to other students. And this is, though, no, this was a, I, no, it's I, really cool. It's definitely on a Ponzi scheme. I, I was also wondering, because isn't it, I remember somebody saying that Tony Blair, it was under his first term that they introduced tuition fees. They went into effect in 03, but like, I think they passed the legislation in 98. Like, what the fuck were they reacting to? Why, why did they do that other than just to, to do it? Like, just kind like, of goose the economy a little bit. Yeah, they, like, wanted, to, mm-hmm. they wanted to give it a goose. You do it. You feel, look. Sorry, you don't. You understand that, like, you, you, maybe maybe you'll know this when you've lived here a little more. Maybe maybe like when you go to Oxbridge. Um, but <laughs> yeah. economy, the essential stage in a life cycle. <laughs> economy yeah. is what happens when you wake up sweating that Margaret Thatcher might come back from the dead and embarrass you. Like she wasn't dead at the time. Um, well, Dulwich wor- Village was basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, where you're worried that Margaret Thatcher is just going to embarrass you again. And so what you have to do is ev- you have to beat her by doing everything she wants to do before she can do it. And then she has no policies. Well, um, I guess I'm just a failure to assimilate ass immigrant in this country because I just don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. And I Look, mean, just go to Oxbridge. All right. All right. <laughs> that's so what they teach you there. This is, this is, don't go to class, but take ketamine. Yeah, that's, P- yes. that's PPE. PPE is basically that. He also says, yeah, we had to introduce a three year tenancy term for private renters. Again, good. Good. In areas with poor rates of social mixing. Why couldn't you just do that? <laughs> I also I don't understand how that would help. Like what? Like well, he's he's talking about creating community and rootedness, and yeah, that's true. Like that we we can't be all be shit talking community all the time because one of the no. things capitalism does is it annihilates community by atomizing us mm. all from one another. Well, it's but it's the same thing again. Of like this is his fault. How did these the, this did renting get so precarious? <laughs> Incidentally, let me just brag about my eighth consecutive year of house prices going up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, wh- I understand the argument, but I don't understand. I mean, for one, is 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 there really that big of a problem? Or maybe you should say it, 
is the problem of people moving from lease to lease and constantly moving around. Well, it's evictions, which a is problem. why... Um, but uh, I really, yeah. a problem specifically in immigrant communities? Well, it's because a, it's just, it seems so weird to single them out for that. It's the, I think the, look, A, it's, it's not, it's a problem for every renter, but I think there is a higher degree of renting in immigrant communities. But it's a problem for every renter because the person who owns your house can put the rent up by literally however much they want mm-hmm. every year. <clears throat> I was once in a flat where the rent was put up by 100% one year to one year. That was just it. Yeah. And he, you can do that. And the fact is, like, the, and the, like I was saying earlier, like, these are the things that annihilate community. It's not the fact that every, that, Everyone in who lives near me doesn't look like me because, to be honest, I have a lot more in common with the people living near me who don't look like me than I do with the people who live in Chelsea who own everything. Also a similar level of beardedness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, I, but I think really, fortunately, I don't think anyone's going to take the Tony Blair report seriously because the conservatives have like their like um, book of like they have their um, uh, Necronomicon that they're trying to use to like turn Britain into a bloodbath to summon Cthulhu and you know Labour doesn't give a shit what he says so who's he going to influence the cocks or the Lib Dems fuck it this is like this this the biggest political importance of this report has been to generate content for irony podcasts exactly it will serve no greater political purpose because Tony Blair is a spent force and all he has left to do is harvest the pineal glands of unsuspecting children Tony Blair is just a trash boy and you really wanted to shout out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening to us yet again. Um, I, Of course, what you should do is you should vote for us for a British Podcasting Award Listener's Choice Award. Um, the link for vote for that will be in the description. Just type in the name and hit vote, hit yes, do whatever mm. you have to do. Put us on stage so we can might finally make them listen to what we have to say. Um, <laughs> the Mike Gravel podcast choice (laughs) Mike Gravel of podcasting secondly uh, we're going to have a live show May 30th you should come to it Uh, it's going to be at the Star of Kings uh, like it was before Uh, tickets are on sale in the link and we're also going to have a live show I figure we might as well start promoting this now uh, in Cambridge at June 15th and Wolfson College so you should also come to that if you are in Cambridge or somehow in the area north of London yeah we don't have an event for that yet, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll sort it out. Um, also, the smoke comedy this week, uh, Wednesday the twenty fourth, uh, featuring Mickey Overman, and will also it be out by then, I don't know if it will be. Out. It'll, it'll, it'll be at the morning of the twenty fourth. Okay, so yeah. Tonight. So tonight, so there'll be smoke comedy tonight, Wait. which is the Wednesday the twenty fourth. No, it's coming out Thursday the twenty fifth. Okay, so oh, okay. Well, that point is then moot. <laughs> Start it again. Start the smoke out again. Fine. Um, there will be smoke comedy on the eighth of May, uh, which is a Wednesday, uh, and the headliner will be Radu Izak. So get a ticket to that. I'll be there. All the lads will be there. People, comedy, a basement. What more can you want? <laughs> well, Mr. Fritzel, <laughs> <laughs> he lured them in with like a, a new material night for pro comedians. <laughs> What, uh, what, oh yeah. And then of course we got, we got shirts, we got mugs, uh, we got jugs and we got chugs. We got all sorts of things you can buy. There'll be links in the show, in show notes and description. And more importantly, uh, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber because you wouldn't have this episode or maybe you would. Maybe you would. Know. Depends on whether it works We don't know enough. if this is a bonus or a free one. Look, but, we don't know how this is going to go, if, folks. if this is free, you should subscribe to the Patreon. And if it's bonus, thank you for subscribing. If you're listening to, if you're listening to this, we have been kidnapped. If you're listening to this and it is a Patreon one, here's my favourite slurs. Number one. 